Thank you for coming. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord today. I, uh, we've got several ministers here, some that can, I mean, just really great preachers in this church service this morning. And there's not a one that is a minister of the gospel that would not enjoy preaching about Gideon. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I will not finish this message. I hope that you have an outline. I really do. We have two tables on each side of the sound booth. If you do not have one, feel free to go back and get you an outline. Uh, I would encourage you to go through this extensively because it is so powerful. I'm talking about the Word of God, how powerful the Word of God is. And I'll read beginning with several verses of Scripture, the sixth chapter of the book of Judges. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. Interesting. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. Verse 3. So it was whenever Israel had sown, and listen to this one, Midianites would come up, also Amalekites of the people of the east, would come up against them. They would encamp against them and destroy the produce, destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel. They wouldn't leave anything. I thought this was so interesting as I read and studied this. Neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as Numerous as locust. Wow. Both they and their camels. One writer commentary said that this was the first time that camels were ever mentioned to be in battle. Uh without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, this was an unnamed prophet, thus says the Lord God of Israel. I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Think about it. And the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak tree, which was at Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Abrazite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat 
in the wine press. How many of you know you don't press wheat in the wine press? It's out in the open where the wind can blow well the, the chaff and clean out the wheat. But here Gideon was because of the Midianites, because he was afraid, was threshing wheat in the wine press. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty men of valor. <laughs> I love that statement. Listen, we don't need to let Satan identify who we are. Let me say it again. You don't need to let Satan identify who you are. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Listen to Gideon. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. I want to continue reading, but I want to address this because it really, as I looked at this, I could not help but think of where the church is today. I'd like to say to you that the church, God's church, and God's church is victorious. But I'd like to say today, to you today that the church is living out that life of victory. I don't see it. I see some occasions where it's victorious. And I hear people saying, where are the miracles of the 1940s and the 1950s? I hear older people talking about, where are the miracles? What's happened to America today? Where are the miracles? Look at verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee, or have I not sent thee? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You ever felt like that? The enemy beat you down, the enemy lied to you, and... And all these kind of things going on in your life. And you say, oh my Lord. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. And you shall, say shall. You shall defeat the Midianites as one man. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. Gideon was a judge of Israel. Gideon was a great leader judge and prophet whose calling and victory over the Midianites are recounted as we said here on your notes in chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8 of Judges. Let's look at the outline if you will. Follow me. Every Christian will have to fight their own Midianite. We have our enemies. You might say, preacher, I know I have an enemy. I go to work with them every day. I sleep with them. You know, I saw a movie years ago, Sleeping with the Enemy. Let me tell you, your enemy, you don't sleep with your enemy. 
Your enemy is not your wife, your husband. Your enemy is not the person sitting next to you in church or across the aisle. The Apostle Paul tells us exactly who our enemy is. And our enemy is. Ephesians 6 and 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, notice, notice if you will, the four things that Paul speaks of writing to the church at Ephesus. First of all, principalities. One of my favorite, I guess he's a commentator, Finnish Dake. Finnish Dake, ever how you want to pronounce his first name. He produced a Dake Bible. Let me, let me tell you what he says about these. You have principalities, you have powers, you have rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Listen to what he says they are. First of all, principalities are chief rulers who derive their power from and execute the will of the chief ruler. Then you have the world, rulers of the darkness of this age. Number three, then you, or, 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 or number four, spiritual wickedness, that of the wicked uh, spirits of Satan in the heavens. That's our enemy. That's who your enemy is. As I said, it's not your, your, your brother or your sister or someone in the church or someone that you work with or part of your family. If we're not careful, we get our eyes on what we think or who we think the enemy is, and we certainly need not do that. Many enemies. Notice, first of all, a totally intimidating foe. There were 135 warriors, 135 warriors of the Midianites and the enemy that came up against the nation of Israel. It was not only an intimidating foe, it was an entrenched foe. As I read to your hearing, for seven long years, maybe you've been battling something, something for a long time. Five years, four years, three years, seven years, 20 years. I mean, this enemy was really entrenched. Not only was it an entrenched foe, it was an unsettling foe. The Israelites had to run to the dens and the caves. They had to hide wherever they could. They were afraid. I wonder in our society today, in our culture today, are we hiding from the enemy? Oh, he controls the news. He controls politics. In many churches, he even controls the church. And so we're just going to be quiet. <laughs> I mean, we hear many voices, but do we hear the voice of the church? It's a church willing to say, hey, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be counted. An intimidating flow, an entrenched foe, an unsettling foe, and a consuming foe. They didn't have anything left. They would plant their uh, gardens and their crops. 
And the enemy would come down and leave them nothing. They came down like locusts. Where's the church's sustenance today? Do we have an excess? Do we have an abundance of God's blessing? Has the enemy stole our joy, our peace, the things that we should possess? Ah, oh, this was a consuming foe. Hang on, I'll get positive after a while. We'll get to the, the, the good part here. A prayer-inducing foe. And that's what I hope that the church will learn, is learn, hey, we can pray ourselves out of this situation. It should drive us to prayer. It should drive us to seek the Lord. Oh, God. That's the reason it is so wonderful to come down, whether it's Friday night or Wednesday or, or whether it's Sunday morning or get into our, our prayer closets and seek the face of the Lord. Don't drive us to complain and find fault and to weakness and intimidate us. The devil wants to intimidate you. Peter says, our adversary, the devil, Satan, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Roaring. You know how far the roar of a lion will carry? Five miles. Five miles. And the devil is trying to intimidate the church. The devil is trying to strike fear in the church. And all he's doing is roaring. He can do no more than what we let him do. God's given us the power. We need to, somebody says, we're not in a battle. This battle, I know the Bible says this, but I think you've got to rightly divide it. I, you know, this is, the, this is the Lord's battle. Well, why did he give you armor for if you're not in a battle? We're in a battle, folks. You say, Pastor, I want to know how to win. Well, first of all, we can't be at first like Gideon was. Notice his limitations. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I am the least in my father's house. We are abandoned by God. And then God reduced his army from 32,000. The, three, the 300. Oh, there's nobody, there's nobody standing with us. The crowd's gone. Oh, the crowd's going over there. This is where the crowd is. God's not necessarily looking for a crowd. He's looking for an obedient church. People that will stand and, and fight the battle. Don't be intimidated. You know, if there ever was a person that should have been intimidated, it was David. His own father didn't think he was worthy to even called into the house when the prophet came. He didn't think. And then his brothers, his siblings, what are you doing here? You know? He, he, David could have really been intimidated. And then he goes to fight Goliath and Saul said, what? 
Saul didn't even believe he could do anything. And then he goes out to the, fight the giant, and the giant makes fun of him. He said, I'll feed your flesh to the bones. Let me tell you something. Don't let the devil intimidate you. Let me say it again. Don't let the enemy intimidate you. Stand. Stand for God. Let's look at some lessons how to defeat the enemy on how to be successful. Number one, and I love, the reason I want you to read this story. Read Judges this week. Six. Judges seven. Judges eight. Read those three chapters. The first thing that Gideon did was tear down the altar of Baal. False God. How many of you know it's time for the church to get rid of false gods, idols? Woo! That's good preaching, Brother Don. Amen. It's time for the church to tear it down. I love this. When he tore it down, he used the wood. He used the wood to set on fire to offer a sacrifice for God. He tore down the altar of Baal. And then he followed God's plan. If you read uh, chapter 7, verses 2 through 23, doing things God's way. Let's, let's listen. It's important that we do things God's way. Don't listen to the devil. I don't know. Gideon said, I'm the least in Manasseh. You know, he went to crying and all this stuff. God said, wait a minute. Bow, bow, bow. You mighty man of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's, what, that's how God looks at you. You say, I'm not the preacher. I'm not a spiritual giant. No, but you have the spirit of God. You are anointed. You have the greatest force in the world behind you. The greatest force in the world behind you. David did too. He took that, God took that stone. Zip. He falls down, Goliath did. And David goes and cuts his head off. Listen, follow God's plan. God's plan is a different plan. He had 32,000 soldiers. Yeah, but Midianites had 135,000 soldiers. But we can go out with 32,000. God's going to be with us. Oh, hallelujah. God said, wait a minute. If you go with, with 32,000 soldiers, you're going to think you did it. Now, <laughs> I love what God did to call out the soldiers that he did. It's, it's, I don't have time to go through it, but he did. And God left him with 300 soldiers. Plan. Max, look, Cato, no, 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 no. John Maxwell, get them mixed up. He said, how many of you have been whitewater rafting? He said, the guy, he better do some planning if you go whitewater rafting. Because you can flat out hit boulders and rocks, turn over, you can lose your life. So it's good to plan. Can you say amen? We had this past Wednesday night, one of our best Wednesday night services in a long time. 
It was so rich. God moved in such a way. We had some of the greatest testimonies. We had some of the greatest teaching. And we had some of the greatest singing Wednesday night. But my wife told. Somebody said after she finished, why don't you do more preaching? I, I, I kind of felt a little bad about that. But anyway, I, I did like her teaching. She plans. And she planned for Wednesday night. And she had every obstacle that you can think about that she had to overcome. If I'd been doing the planning, I would have quit planning a long time ago. You see, the Bible says a lazy man says there's a lion in the street. I would have had 10 lions in the street before I got up behind the pulpit and talked Wednesday night. She don't pay any attention to lions. She just keeps right on planning. We couldn't find the CD that Felicia was supposed to sing with. She had to call Matt. She had to get this thing, get this done, get that done. Oh, she had to plan. She let nothing stop her from planning. Listen, if you don't plan, you run into problems. Some of you are like Doris Day. Case of love, so love. Whatever will be, will be. That sounds, that, I love Dart's Day singing, and I love that song, but it just won't get it when it comes to being obedient to God. Amen. It's important to plan. Uh, it has been said, by failing to plan, you plan to fail. Are you listening? It's important, the plan. God's plan is different. God's plan is a declared plan. You got to have faith. Listen, you got to have faith. When you're going out to fight an enemy that's scattered across the valley and the hills like locusts, you got to have faith. When there's 135 soldiers that you got, you're going to battle and you have 300, you better have faith. But I can see those 300 saying, okay, I got to have some sharp swords. <laughs> I got to have some good shields. Now Gideon, provide all of this for me now. Swords, <clears throat> I'm sorry, <clears throat> spears, all this. Gideon says, stand up. He said, here you go. What is this? Listen at me. What is this? It's a picture. I mean, a picture, picture. And a light. I mean, like a candle you, you put in the picture. Yeah. Where's my sword? Uh, we don't have any sword. I mean, you got to have faith to think that the leader, the warrior, this great leader provides you with pictures and lights. What's in the other hand? A trumpet. Do what? You're going to give me a picture, a light, and a trumpet? And you want me to go out there and fight 135,000 soldiers? Are you crazy? I mean, you got 
have faith. God sometimes will challenge us to do the impossible. But when you don't know what to do, take that step of faith. Whoop. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't see any way out. I don't hear any victorious whatever, but Lord, I'm going to take a step of faith. You must have faith. There had to be, look at it, a plan that required surrender. Listen at me, required surrender. If you don't surrender, Thank you, Brother Denny. You are a great, great servant of the Lord. If you don't surrender and someone tells you to fight the battle with a trumpet and a, and a pitcher and a light, you see, a lot of us aren't surrendered. We, we know more about all this than God knows. I'm not going to do that. I want the sharpest sword I can have. I want the, the, the nicest shield I can have. I want a great long spear. How many of you know that? Turn to a friend and wave at him. We used to say hug and shake hands. Now all you can do is, I'll be so glad when this is over. About a third of our, more of our congregation, half of our congregation is not coming to church because of the virus. I'll be glad, how many of you be glad when it's over with? I will. God's plan requires surrender. God's plan requires submission. Now notice, here's the reason for success and I'll end it. There was Unity. They listen to the voice of the captain. They listen to their leader. And they obeyed what he said. <clears throat> they obeyed. <clears throat> they followed the example of Gideon. The problem today is nobody wants anybody to tell them what to do. I know just as, much, I, just as much of what to do as you do. We need leaders. We need God-called leaders. We need spirit-led leaders. <clears throat> and we need people to say, here I am. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to listen to the voice of Gideon. Because I believe he has a finger on the pulse of what God wants to do. And I'm going to be obedient to God. And I'm not going to be one of those folks that's a know-it-all. I'm willing to obey. First of all, he said, do what I do when I do it. <laughs> I mean, God wants to do something in the church, and this was pulling that way. This is pulling the, the other way. I read the day yesterday where this church almost split over the overhead projector. They'd been sending out their information and their advertisements on bulletin. And then they got this overhead projector and they advertised. Some liked the overhead projector and some didn't like it. And the church came that close to splitting. I mean, we can't get along in the church. We need unity in the church. Amen? Let me say it again. We need unity in the church. 
Oh, God, we need unity in the church. Blow the trumpet. And he said, blow it loud. As you get older, you don't like loud things. I don't like loud mufflers. I used to have what we call back then, Brother Mars, glass pack mufflers. I don't know if you glass pack. I just love to have them. Junius and I, we'd get this old 57 Chevrolet and we'd put as loud a muffler on as you could get. But I don't like loud mufflers today because I'm old. <laughs> as you get older, things change. But you kids, you young people have as loud a muffler as you want. I used to like loud music. I don't like loud music anymore. I went to one church service over in Raleigh, and the main preacher was just great, but the music was so loud, I got him left. Now, I wouldn't have done that when I was younger. But the Bible says here that he told them to blow the trumpet. You can't get a much louder instrument than a trumpet. And he said, blow it loudly. There are times to be quiet. And then there's times to holler and scream and shout, shout, shout. One guy was so excited about serving the Lord, he goes down to the altar and he started praying and crying out to God. Oh, God. Boy, he was screaming to the top of his voice. This guy next to him, it was bothering him. So he reaches over and said, sir, yes, God's not deaf. He said, no, but he's not nervous neither. He just went to crying out and calling out to God. He said, blow the trumpet louder, loud. Then he said, break your pictures where the light was in. Now, if you, if you study this, there was a certain time of night or morning when this took place. Now here are these 135 soldiers. They've been to sleep. No, they've had people watching out for them. But most of them have been asleep and they're rubbing their eyes. Ooh, oh, you know, it's sort of dark a little bit, you know. Can you imagine? Listen, just think about this. Can you imagine? All of a sudden, they're sleepy. And, and all of a sudden, there's 300 trumpets. Blasting out. Wow! And all of a sudden they break those pictures and that light breaks forth. Can you imagine if the church would get on fire for God? Hallelujah! Get a hold of a trumpet or something. Lift their voices and start calling and crying out to God and say, God, I want to see you save my children. I want to see you save my loved ones. I want to see a revival take place. Cry out to God. It scared those Midianites to death. Light, I mean, it's about dark and lost. All of a sudden, light breaks forth. Light breaks forth. Hold your lamp high. Listen to this. Break the pictures. Listen to second. I love this. We need some brokenness, folks. How long has it been since we wept before God? 
How long has it been since our hearts have been broken for the immorality and the sin that's in the world today? Listen to what Paul writes to the church at Corinth. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. How important it is for us to realize we're just a vessel. I've seen over the years, and I hate to say this, but it's so true. Preachers that take this power, this anointing, and use it to glorify themselves. Self-interest. I've seen it on and on and on again. I've been in services where the power of God would begin to move. We said, oh, there's going to be great transformation of souls. And then they'd have someone get up and take an hour to take up an offering. Building their own kingdoms. We need to realize this is an earthly vessel. Lord, use me, but I'm nothing. Let me say it again. Paul said to the church at Corinth, but we have this treasure. What treasure? The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. We have this treasure in an earthly vessel that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Oh God, we need this today. Notice what the psalmist says. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. We need some brokenness. One more. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. We've allowed haughtiness, pride to take the place of humility and contriteness. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Broke the pictures and hold your lamp high. Philippians 2, 15 and 16. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse. Are we there? In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day, Paul says, of this church at Philippi, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Break that picture. Break, break yourself. Brother Matt, would you come? Would you folks come? And then here's what they were to say. I love this. Proclaim the sword of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. Oh boy, I forgot Hebrews 4, 4, 12. And then the last point I want to make, look on your notes. There was unity, there was obedience, and then there was faithfulness. Every man stood 
in his own place. Can you imagine what would happen if every man and every woman stood in his or her place? They broke up in 100 companies or three 100 companies. 100 here. A hundred here, and a hundred there. And each man stood in his own place. God's looking for some people that will stand in their own place. A man or woman that will stand in the gap and hold up the edge. We need them. Pray with me. Father, we love you tonight, today. We thank you for your bountiful blessings. Lord, I thank you so much for this great example of Gideon, the judge. Of Gideon, the military leader. Of Gideon, the prophet. I thank you for the principles, oh God, that you've given us today and shown to us today. God, I pray against the enemy that's trying to intimidate the church. Lord, he's a liar and the father of lies. I pray against the enemy that has tried to steal the joy. That's trying to steal the peace of the church. I pray against the enemy of our families, our homes. I pray against the enemy of our churches today. And I pray, God, that our churches would become powerhouses for the kingdom of God. Glory be to God. Sing for us, Brother Matt. Don't you let the devil speak concerning your identity. Let God speak. You're a mighty warrior, mighty man, mighty woman of God today. Don't you listen to the devil. He's a liar. And he'll sit right here and he'll say all kind of things. You may be facing something next week. You may be facing something next week. But God knows what you're faced with. And he will intervene in your behalf. Hallelujah. I just believe that there is such an anointing in this place today. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit... Go ahead and begin to speak in tongues as we worship. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, begin to believe God. Begin to pray. Begin to praise. Begin to accept. Begin to step forth. And it takes faith. It takes faith. 
Receive from the Lord. Receive from the Lord. Right now. There's someone here you've not been baptized. If you will begin to pray. We're going to sing this song again. If you will begin to pray. And if you will begin to praise. Be obedient to God. Be open. Don't let the devil intimidate you. Get rid of that pride that says, I'm not going to cry out to God. We need a church that's willing to cry out to God. If my people, what is it? Which are called by my name, shall do what? Humble themselves and pray. And what? Seek my face. Seek God give us some men and women that will seek. Oh, hallelujah. Seek the face of God. He says then, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Sing it, Brother Matt. How I many of I mean, you know he's faithful today? He's faithful. Listen, I was raised in old-time fashion Pentecost. There were some things that went on that I'm not too sure was quite kosher, but the power of God was there. We acted funny. We danced before the Lord. You say, I don't believe in all that emotionalism. Well, they were so emotional on the day of Pentecost that all those people gathered there thought they were drunk. How long has it been since God moved on you and people thought you were drunk? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about doing stuff that's crazy. I'm just talking about following the Lord and be open to the Lord to touch your life. Amen. The world can act any way they want to, and it's okay. I mean, if cheering for their favorite team and they jump up and down and carry all kinds, I've seen them dress up and carry all kinds of things, and they can holler and they can do the wave and all, but let the church get a little bit emotional and they say that's taboo. Let me tell you something the church needs to operate in the Spirit of God. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brother Don, I understand if they're speaking in tongues in church, it's supposed to be interpreted. You need to understand the whole thing. Yes, Paul laid down some guidelines for speaking in public. Most of the time it's in private. I know that. But there are times, folks, we need the operation of the Spirit of the Lord. And we need to speak in tongues. I mean, I don't hang my hat on that. I'm not saying we speak in tongues. But I am saying it's important that we obey the Lord. They use the scriptures. Well, Paul said, I'd rather speak, what is it, one word in English than 10,000 words in tongues? Well, in that same chapter, he said, I speak in tongues more than you all. He wasn't shy when it came to speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you today. Reach out and touch the Lord. 
Let's take about 15, 20 seconds. Just wait before the Lord. Hallelujah. We have an enemy out there, folks, and we need the power of God and the Spirit of God manifested, moving, operating in our lives today. Anybody have a word? Father, we love you today, and we thank you for this privilege that we've had to sense your presence. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Thank you for people that love you. Everyone that came today, God, enriched their lives with your holy word, enriched their lives with your holy presence, meet their needs, bless their families, and may they walk, walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, obedient to you as we go from this place today. And everybody says, God bless you.